And now on Radio Verulam, part two of Coronaville, a comedy in five parts. All's not well on Dolphin Street in lockdown. 83-year-old Alfred Abernathy passed away in late January. And a week ago, his daughter Maureen got a call to say his ashes would be available for collection if she cared to call in. The only snag is she very much doesn't care to have the old sod back in the house, even in his present substantially more benign state of being. Could put him at the back of the shed, I suppose, under all that tarpaulin. I'd still know he was there, though. Bugger! Couldn't they shoot him out into space? Way out? I mean, way, way out? How much would that cost? When she's this disgruntled, she tends to mumble, and she's giving a very dubious impression of herself as she scuttles along Dolphin Street, head down, bristles up. She rounds a corner, and there it is, on the undertaker's doorstep, in accordance with present protocol, looking like it's about to explode with the indignity of it all. She bags it up and realises it's weighty, much heavier than she had expected. Still a bloody burden, even now he's dead. Thank God he didn't die of this awful what's-its-name going round. Then she'd have had to feel sorry for the old git. She turns to go home, and in her first ever act of insurrection, crams the urn deep into a bag of unwashed clothing left to fester outside the charity shop, despite a sign in the window telling customers not to. And don't you dare come back to haunt me. Unnoticed above her, Daisy Morgan is hanging out of her bedroom window as far as she dares and breathing in deeply. If there's a coronavirus out there, she's having it. She's been banished up here by her wicked parents who insist she hits the books even though no one else in her class has to. They've even taken away her phone. Be sorry when I'm dead, you psychos. Life is just the pits. No one to hang out with. No more takeaways like ever. And Daniel, ignoring all of her texts. How much more crappy could it be? But she's got a plan, if only the stars align. She wants to be the first one in her school to get COVID-19. It'll make her famous. Get her face on TV, put her up there with, uh, you know, that first bloke on the moon and um, Meghan Markle and people. All she has to do is wrangle one tiny little virus. She imagines herself lying in bed, her auburn curls artfully posed on the pillow, her pale hands clasped over her youthful bosom, her beautiful face more beautifully beautiful than ever. And beside her, Daniel on his knees, crying tears of scalding regret into her Dunalm duvet. But Daniel Rosario, up the street at number 61, has other things on his mind. He's finally persuaded his dad that going out for a driving lesson together won't contravene the stay-at-home message being promoted ever more aggressively on the news each evening. Well, all right but we keep the windows up, okay? Daniel agrees, but is thinking, you're incredibly stupid. You can't possibly be my real dad. 
He has the whole household enthralled to himself and his every wish, and still employs the tried and tested technique he first cultivated as a toddler to keep everyone firmly under his thumb. It's always got to look like an accident, otherwise it doesn't work, he tells those keen to emulate his success. For example, they tell you to wash up, so you bust their favourite Great Aunt Fanny's really valuable heirloom soup tureen thingy into a thousand pieces. Job done. You'll never wash up again. And it works for every situation. My dad cries every single time and I always get my own way, so win-win. Sometimes I don't even want anything, I just do it for something to do. All he's had to do to get the driving lesson is wait until his dad found him struggling to shift the brand new Sony Bravia Ultra HD Smart Android TV. I'm moving it to over there because the sun's in my eyes and telly is the only thing to do around here. Jennifer Jepson is having a leisurely smoke and her fourth coffee of the morning, a well-practised delaying tactic before getting down to the housework. Something big is kicking off next door, but she can't quite hear what. That clumsy oaf of a boy must have broken something again. Aren't there special schools for kids like that? She's run off a chart which details the symptoms of coronavirus and includes, rather less pertinently, those for colds and flu too. Fever and a dry cough appear to be the ones to watch out for. She has to laugh. What with her hot flushes and smoker's cough, how would she ever know if she had it? Actually, yeah, how would she? Within sight of home now, Maureen Abernathy is worrying they'll trace the urn back to her when someone taps her roughly on the shoulder. I haven't finished with you yet, matey. Oh, God, no, not Doreen Evans. The spat they had in the spa yesterday over the last packet of custard creams was a new low in their relationship and here she is, back for more. Don't think I don't know what you're up to. Doreen pushes Maureen. I'm not up to anything. Maureen pushes back. Doreen, already teetering on the edge of the curb, hits the ground and takes Maureen with her. If they stopped to analyse the situation, they'd realise they were having quite an exciting time rolling around, pulling each other's hair and screaming. Fortuitously, just leaving the house to start his shift, PC Mike Burns enjoys the spectacle for a few minutes before intervening. Hey, 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 ladies. Is this any way for you to behave at your age? Oi, oi, now stop it. Stop. Half is mine. Mine. Maureen thinks the silly bitch is still talking about the blessed custard creams. You're supposed to be two metres apart, do you hear me? Unless you're a family unit. And I very much doubt that. Ladies, please. I want what's coming to me, Doreen wails. Oh, so that's it. Maureen levers herself up from the pavement. Probate takes time, Doreen, I told you. But I need the money now, you stupid cow. It's all right, officer, we're sisters. We'll go quietly. Like hell they will. Marcia Gibson, attired in a shade of yellow visible from space, has seen the whole dirty, rotten episode. 
Had your hands full with those two, didn't you, big boy? She purrs as she passes PC Bones. She runs manicured fingers through her dormant hairdo and wonders how long she will have to wait for Mario's ministrations. He'll have a fight on his hands, breathing new life into that little lot when eventually he's back in business. We'll all be permanently in headscarves, she sighs. Lovely. Coronaville was produced under lockdown conditions by writer Jane Fuchs in her pyjamas and narrated and recorded by Jill Priest when the kids were asleep.